Welcome to The Honest Hour, where the need for honesty takes precedence over one's feelings. I am your host, Suzanne Carrillo, alongside my co-host, Graciela Olguin. Hello, everyone. Well, it's been a while since we have uh, come up with another episode. We apologize for that. For those of you, very few of you that have even known that we've been working on this podcast, (laughs) have been asking for a while now, when's your next one? So first, let's start off with prayer. As we have decided, we will continue to do every episode. Praying to our Blessed Mother for her intercession and her guidance. And we start off with the sign of the cross. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, Nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. And so we have a very interesting podcast for you today. It is packed with a lot of punches from a lot of different things. I guess because that's what happens when you wait so long. You have <laughs> want to talk about everything in one shot. But given the fast-paced world that so many people are used to living in, this should be a piece of cake. Right now, we're seeing that abortion and homosexuality are on the forefront of this very, very decisive battle taking place for the soul of our nation and for the souls of our bodies. And it is no coincidence that it's those two because they go hand in hand. They are an attack on the family. Our Lady of Fatima, whose 105th uh, anniversary we celebrated yesterday, May 13th, of her apparition to the shepherd children in Fatima, Portugal, in 1917, where she shared with Sister Lucia that the final battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan was going to be about marriage and the family. That is exactly what we are experiencing. These battles are taking place in our homes, within our closest uh, loved ones and relatives, and we have to make decisions. And sadly, most people are committing the sin of omission by staying quiet in the face of sin with their loved ones. They are more concerned with the feelings of their family and friends than they are of their salvation. It's sad because they have the example of many poor shepherds that have done a very poor job of shepherding the sheep. I am going to share with you that just recently I had come across a, an amazing sermon. I I have, I cannot encourage the faithful, any of you, any more than to tell you to get a book called the sermons for every Sunday of the year by St. Alphonsus Liguori, teacher and doctor, doctor of the church. That book has done so much for me. I can actually say I feel it's changed my life and has done more for my soul than any other book I've read because this is a priest, obviously at the time a priest, a bishop, um, founder of an order, the Redemptorists, when he was writing this. Now he is a saint and doctor of the church. And the way that he speaks, the shepherd that is concerned with nothing but the salvation of souls entrusted to him a real fatherly love for his children to want to see us not go to hell. And 
I, I can imagine how different our world would look right now if we had shepherds like this speaking to us. We would be a very, very different people. Instead, there's nothing but a bunch of hirelings. It's sad. It's hard to speak that way about the bishops in the Catholic Church. You grow up hearing you don't say anything bad about the Pope. You don't say anything about bad about priests. And I think there's just been so much misunderstanding on what obedience means. It's because of that misunderstanding that so many abuses went on for so many decades in the church and cover-ups of these homo predator priests. A priest that was supposed to be a priest for God and not himself. But right now we are talking about abortion. Uh, We know about the leak that just happened. And so that brings me again to talk about why I wanted to do this. So I was reading the sermon on scandal and the grave sin that it is. It's a mortal sin. Um, and as I was reading it, I was uh, reminded that I had come across a Facebook post from a Facebook friend, quote unquote. There is this young woman who I see her posts on occasion. I still don't know how Facebook works too well as to what posts I see or don't or who I, I don't know how any of that stuff works. But since this leak, I saw that she was very vocal um, in wanting to speak on her dislike of the possibility of Roe being overturned. Obviously, she's pro-choice. So she had shared a couple of things that had really just your typical where you get angry with people's way of thinking. And then I came to find out that she is pregnant. So I thought to myself, how can a woman be currently pregnant and be upset that other women are not going to have the quote unquote right to murder their babies? And I just, it's amazing as to how so many of these girls are so lost and broken that they, they don't realize how darkened their intellects have become. It's like these, these, these girls, they're, they're so lost, but they're still aggravating. And, and I think that anger is something that we need to start embracing a little bit more. Um, there is such a thing as righteous anger, people. There is sometimes anger is what, we, it, what is used to be able to propel us to do something, to speak up. Yes, it is. We need to be careful with it. But righteous anger is a gift. I, I picture Jesus overturning the tables. That was righteous anger, rightly so, at the way that his father's house was being treated as a marketplace. We've been so brainwashed to think that being angry at anything, oh, it's not charitable, it's not loving, it's not merciful. We need new catechesis. That's very judgmental. Yes, that too. Oh no, you can't be angry. You can't say that to someone. That's You don't want to be judgmental or blah, blah, blah. You know what that is? That's nonsense. And that has been the devil's way of convincing the faithful and our shepherds not to speak up against wrongdoing. It is not uncharitable and it is not unchristian, especially us Catholic Christians, the original, the first, the true Christians, the people who can rightly call themselves Christians who accept all the teachings passed on from Jesus and his apostles, not just some of them, all of them. It is loving. We are supposed to judge. 
We are supposed to judge actions. We are supposed to judge right from wrong. It is a spiritual work of mercy to admonish sinners and instruct the ignorant. Okay, it is not you don't stay quiet when someone's doing something wrong. That's why we have are in the mess in this mess to begin with. Because not only did the shepherd stop telling us what to do, but we stopped doing it with our families too. Parents stopped doing that. Parents did stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Parents grew up knowing that homosexuality was wrong. At least homosexual acts are wrong. I've said it in the first episode. I'll say it again. It is not sinful in and of itself to have to struggle with those tendencies to be attracted to the same sex. It's giving in to those desires that are disordered. Our Lord did not create us that way. So anyway, back to this girl. As I was reading this sermon, I had this feeling just come over me where she came to my mind and I pictured that I I felt like I needed to warn her that because she's with child something I just felt like something was going to happen to her baby something was just something tragic was going to happen because I had I was reading this sermon on scandal and how 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 much of a mortal sin it is and here's this girl that is using her social media platform to encourage other women to be upset and angry that they won't be able to kill their babies. How wrong that is. Okay. And she's pregnant. So if someone that's that's not pregnant or is pregnant or thinking of wanting to be a mother, but oh, whether the timing's right or not, and they're friends with this girl who's pregnant, is saying with no qualms like it's easy, I'm mad because women should be able to kill their babies if they're not ready to be a mother while pregnant. So it, 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 I immediately just wanted to get that thought out of my mind because my Lord does that with me often. Is he, he, he reveals things to me however way he does it. And I know that every time he's done that, he's calling me to do something. And a lot of those times, they're very, it's a very difficult task. It's not something that I like want to sign up for and say like, okay, put me there. I'm not there yet. I hope to be, you know, I think of the martyrs and how they were chosen, what they were willingly wanting, willing to do because they loved God so much to go and spread the faith, to willingly walk into danger, then to deny the faith. And these people are my heroes. Like they say, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. A church that I profess to love, a church that I've grown more in love with that my Lord has brought me into the traditional church where I attend the traditional Latin mass every single day, receiving my Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity. How can I not do what my Lord is calling me to do? So... I'm saying this now, a week later, but when God put that in my head, I, I kind of shied away from it. I kind of panicked. Like, what does that mean? Is he going to call me to actually do something about it? Is he actually trusting me, entrusting me with this? Does this become a duty? Do I, I don't even know this girl. I met the broad one time. Why, I mean, why me? So I tried to get it out of my head. Next day, I'm on Facebook. I see another one of those radical posts from her again promoting abortion and this time I'm really mad 
I'm I, I'm so angry that I'm even shaking. I'm so mad with the, with this girl's illogic. Just the way this rhetoric of these these radical second wave feminists and their way of thinking, and just how they have no they don't hesitate for a moment to actually say these things, like to get on their social media and do and act like if they're doing something good. I need to encourage women to get on board with me and say like, hey, who do these people think they are to tell me that I, I don't have the right to kill my baby? The nerve of these people, they, are, they get angry at the fact that they believe something is an injustice to them. Mm-hmm. Never mind the injustice to this innocent baby. But that's how they act. That's how they feel. They feel empowered and they all empower each other and they all encourage each other. And, and so I, I saw this post and I'm, and, and I'm angry and I, I'm even shaking. And so I immediately went to Jonathan Van Maren's post that he had written some weeks ago that I shared on my blog too, which was a justice for the five. It was that hashtag um, mainstream media, of course, did not speak about it very much. And when they did, they painted the pro-lifers in a terrible light, um, which is what they do. But it really didn't get any media coverage. And just to touch on that real quick, just to give those children honor and to know that they were here. The, there was some pro-lifers that were praying outside a, an, abortion, an abortuary uh, outside of our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., and they see a a tr- truck come on which a truck comes you know and and it's even happened with us when we've prayed outside an abortuary where the medical waste will come and pick up these aborted babies and but what struck these people as odd is it wasn't a medical waste it was an um curtis bay energy so it's like okay wait a minute that's like the electric company right like what is the, what are they doing here? So a man goes upstairs, comes back down and has some boxes. So one of the girls goes up to him and says, you know what's in those boxes, right? And then he's like, no. And they proceed to ask him, well, did you get these boxes from uh, Dr. Cesare Sant'Angelo's clinic? And he checks and went, yeah. And they tell him, those are aborted babies. And they say that he seemed literally shocked, like he had no idea. And so he, they ask him, they have the courage to ask him, can we have these boxes? And he asks them, what are you going to do with them? And they say, we're going to give them a proper burial. And thanks be to God, he does. He hands over these boxes, okay? It should be of note also that this happened on March 25th, which is the Feast of the Annunciation. The day where our blessed mother gives her fiat, her yes to God in becoming the God bearer. That day they take these boxes home. There's a total of 115, 110 first term little baby fetuses. And to their shock and to the world's, there were five babies who were practically full term. They all could have survived outside of the womb. One of them had one of her eyes open, the back of her head gone. It's very difficult to look at. I've seen the pictures of the five and uh, it's, uh, you can't unsee those things. And the reason that they themselves decided to, after pictures were taken and they reached out to priests and everything as to what to do, 
they decided to contact the medical examiner because doctors, OBGYN, saw some of these pictures and said these babies look like they were killed illegally. Partial birth abortion is still illegal in this country. And that that's how these babies were most likely killed. So they called the medical examiner. And of course, they're all in it together. All these demons are all for each other. And instead of wanting to investigate whether or not these babies were killed illegally, they just were more concerned about prosecuting these women and how these uh, fetuses and babies got into their home. Certain senators like Senator Cruz and and Langford have come out saying we need an investigation. We need autopsies on these babies. As of right now, I don't think anything's been done yet. Justice for the five, those five babies. And I took a picture of baby girl one, which they ended up naming her Harriet. And she has one of her beautiful eyes open and she's just looking right at you. And I, I copied that picture. I blew it up and I wanted to go put it on the comment. Like speak this nonsense again. Because these women have absolutely no clue what they're talking about. Okay? For them, it's just a word. I'm pro-choice. I want to be able to have sex and fulfill all my lustful desires. And if I get pregnant, whoops, well, let me go take care of this. That's the evil. That's the evil. That's the level of evil we're at today. Do you think you would have had, you would have reacted this way? Was she not pregnant? And advocating for these things? Do you think it would have had that much of an impact on you? I think it still would have gotten me angry. But for me, what was... All this happened because as I was reading St. Alphonsus Ligorian's scandal, I instantly felt as God t was telling me that if she did not repent and retract those words, something was going to happen to her baby. So it was not about it bothering you. It was about what you thought you should make her aware of yes because I even prayed out scenarios like okay let's say that I think no it's just God's not tasking me with this it's just me it's in my head um and I'll just pray for her did that's you, always the easy way you played that scenario yes I did I said I'll just pray for her and then I pictured let's say that she announces that she miscarried or something happened how would I feel in that moment I'll never know if what I said would make a difference. So you didn't end up I didn't end that. up posting the picture. So no. then another day goes by. So you have two days mm -hmm. to where this post is bothering you. Yeah, and I think it's an, it's different posts. It was okay. that one. The first one was the stupid handmaid, handmaids, the ketchup mm -hmm. girls. That one was one. And then that other one where to justifying all these different scenarios. And so I had written, I think it was... A, I had like two different notes as to what I would say. One after reading the sermon, another one uh, after that that was shorter, more to the point and more stern, mm -hmm. tougher at that moment. Um, I think after reading that other comment with the justification of the scenarios for abortion, I think that one, the reason I was shaking was because it was also just very sad. It's sad that so many women choose this evil and how demonic it is you know I think of my lady and this is just so anti-Mary and um it was just I think it was a combination of being you know with righteous anger and and sadness at the same time and so what I was writing what I wrote that day was had a different tone obviously than the one I think that I had written before which was a little I can't remember the order in which I wrote but there were two different ones that were different 
Based on what you were feeling. Right. Based on my feelings. Um, and so I put it off for a couple of days, put it off and got some advice um, from trusted from friends. trusted good Catholic friends. Um, and you just wanted I think you just wanted to make sure it wasn't you just wanting to do whatever you wanted to do based on your feelings. You wanted to do what God was calling you to do. But you wanted to make sure of that. Yeah, I wanted some. I wanted uh, some perspective from good people uh, that that love God and 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 are wanting to live a good Catholic life and live their faith in all facets of their life, like we're trying to do uh, as well. And so days went by, and the day before yesterday, I it was weighing on me heavily more than it had ever and I didn't understand why it was so difficult I said why is it so difficult why don't I want to send this because I had gone back and edited it and the final one that I was happy with I was not angry it was uh, um, it was heartfelt it was genuine it was sincere it it had truth in there um, but also concern um and I felt satisfied and at peace after that and I wanted to break down and understand what was the problem why don't I want to send this if I'm doing it in sincere concern and love for her to caution her I will have done my part in one letting her know and now I don't have to risk if something happened that maybe what I said to her could have made a difference and I just want I felt my Lord was testing me if I call you to do something, are you going to do it? And I just, again, I oh, I was going to send it and didn't again. And then read an amazing article that was just so moving and empowering. And that was like, that's what my Lord gave me. He said, I felt like he said, you need more here. And so I read it. And right after that, I, I sent it to her. I didn't allow the devil to try to convince me again not to do it for whatever reasons and talk myself out of it. It had been days and I sent it. I said a prayer, asked for the intercession of St. Elizabeth and St. John the Baptist, uh, prayed for her. And then after Holy Mass, that's when uh, I saw that she did predictably what I told you she was going to do. Um, I knew she could be moved to anger so much that she was going to share uh, what I wrote with her on Facebook and she did there these people are so predictable I mean they are so predictable I think if they knew how predictable they were they would like all get together like they like to and like work on a new playbook because the rhetoric the things they do they're so predictable so she put it out there and for me that's just a sign as to how powerful the message was that she immediately needed the quote-unquote support of people who think like her to make her feel better. And so she shared she shared a, a picture of my, my she posted my profile pic on there, prefaced it by saying, oh, I partied with this girl one time, drank with her, smoked with her, um, all, some nonsense, and I liked it more when she was a lesbian. And 
um she, she was, was less nicer. she was nicer less con- condemning of women uh guess she forgot these vi- bible verses and then she goes and of course it's so typical of these people that absolutely have no idea who god is how he works have no relationship with him even are more aligned in their way of thinking and being and acting with the devil than god himself choose to get the book open the book and then you miss use scripture and oh you don't judge here and cast um it was just ridiculous but again predictable and so um i made it you know a point all her her ilk came on and started to attack me f you suzanne and um oh you're just different things i I won't even go into it because these women are so foul-mouthed uh, but then what do you expect? I mean, these girls are capable and, and are angry at the fact that they might not be able to kill their babies anymore. They're angry at that. So they 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 fit the mold. They they talk filthy. They have potty mouths. This girl, these girls, like the majority of them were putting the, those gifts instead because they just don't know what to say. So just looking for these things to try to be humorous about it, laugh with each other, encourage each other. One of them even went as far as to uh, mock the Holy Spirit. I warned her, God will not be mocked. She did it again. I said, you've been warned. Uh, and I had an answer for everyone that I came across that felt I that needed rebuking. It's almost as if the Holy Spirit was just using me moments to continue to set the record straight, talk about my Lord, admonish these people. Well, these are mother's grace. These are mothers that are resorting to juvenile teenage behavior um, um, with just even putting pictures of vaginas. I mean, it was ridiculous. These poor, lost, broken souls. And so um, she ended up uh, unfriending me. So I, I stopped getting notifications and that was done. I needed to do that because it's those people that need to hear that. They need to hear someone tell them about the sin of abortion because they all encourage each other. And well, that's the way she posted it. Right. And it's so annoying. I think the most annoying thing and- of, of everything is when these people who don't practice their faith at all. Right. They want to start quoting scripture. They want to quote scripture or they think that they know. Well, see, but they've been able to do that because anytime anyone does that to as especially the Catholics, oh, they all back down. And that's just it. People aren't used to Catholics defending themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, even from even from the Protestants, when I, I spent like a whole evening defending the rosary because uh, there was a, a post from Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire sharing how Mark Wahlberg had, was advocating for the rosary to his millions of followers. And, you know, a lot of the Protestants were speaking bad about the rosary and my lady. And I feel a duty. I don't understand how other Catholics don't. I don't understand how they don't feel offended. I feel if you, if you say anything bad about my heavenly mother, I take just as much offense, if not more, than if you would say something about my earthly mother. Well, it requires a certain kind of love. You need to love someone a certain amount to feel offended when they're spoken bad about. 
Yeah, and, and and like, who asked these Protestants? We right. already know you're not Catholic. You didn't need to put in your two cents. And that's why I'm saying, no, everyone's real careful with not offending the liberals because of the way that they act. Granted, they act like demonic. They act like the ones who possess them. They act like rabid dogs. Okay, they act like the way that they do when they're during exorcisms, when a demon is being cast out. They don't act that differently. They scream, they spit, they 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 curse, they go so they're so angry, which is Older. how you know you did something right. Anyway. Well, of course, the demons got frantic, which is how I knew that I had done the right thing. But more importantly, God allowed me to see that. In moments like that, when you have a bunch of pro-choicers mad at you and you're pro-life, that's a victory. Because all it takes is one person from her friends, from her circle that didn't comment on there, whether it be a family member or a friend that saw those posts of that message and be moved by God to be enlightened in that moment, to be illuminated as to how, wait, abortion, abortion sinful? Yes, it is. And if, if, if that, if one baby, just one woman is moved to realize that abortion is so sinful and not do it, then not only have I done what I do, what I, am I happy that I did it? I do it again. I do it every single day. And she did, like I said, I wrote on there, thanks for making this public because you people are the ones who need to hear this. You all are encouraging each other straight to hell. One of them even said something. If, if people, if you and people like you are in heaven, then I'm in the wrong place or I don't want to go to that place. I guess me and my whores will be roasting s'mores in hell. I mean, it is, these girls have no idea Mm -hmm. what hell is. Why? Because they don't, they don't know that. They don't know heaven. They don't know hell. They don't know God. Nobody loves them enough to tell them. That's the bottom line. Nobody has loved that person enough to say, you're headed to hell. If you do not change your ways. Yes. If you do not stop sinning and repent of those sins, you're going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. That's God's word to us. Because if we don't do that now, we'll all be held accountable for the things we did not say. For instance, what you did, even obviously she reacted angrily and how she went about it and the comments that came after that. But the point is that she will never be able to unread that. Mm-hmm. That is already in her brain. And other, thank God, other people. Without you even right. on That's that. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it's just God allows evil always for greater good. People that you would never have had a chance to reach right. if it wasn't for her. Mm-hmm. People right. that, that, that you would have never imagined right. got to read that. And the people who need it the most. And, and the thing is, is like, how can people who are non-practicing Christians, 
obviously, because you, no matter what lies you've been taught to believe, mm-hmm. you cannot be Christian and pro-choice, period. Absolutely. It's an oxymoron. It's like saying I worship the devil and God at the same time. I, 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 I follow okay. Jesus and I follow Satan. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And these people, because I use our Lord, I mentioned God, and this is typical of people that have been successful in the past with shutting down people from speaking about God is they say, well, oh, this, this, it's all the same lines. You're holier than thou or how are you? You're so unchristian. You're not supposed to judge. First of all, all those things are so wrong. I feel like the, I, sh- I need a gong for every time someone says something so stupid. You need to gong them. Like it's at that, it's seriously, it's like a gong moment. And they don't even know God. They don't even practice their faith. Okay. And they want to all of a sudden tell me what a good Christian looks like. It's like you wouldn't know what a good Christian looks like if it slapped you in the face. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, it's similar when someone tells me the best way to go about evangelization when that person doesn't even go to church is living in mortal sin in an adulterous relationship. Okay. You want to give me advice on evangelization. It's similar to me taking advice from Joe Biden on how to be a good Catholic. That's how ridiculous these people, they don't think twice about be- the things that they say before they say it. But they want to they wanna judge. They say, they, these same, same people that say, don't judge, don't judge, have no problem judging me and how they think that I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And for any of my listeners that are curious to know as to what I wrote, I, I had kind of written, since it had been staying in my notes, a few days I wasn't sure if it would make sense if I just left it as it is so I thought I needed to kind of like preface something so I just wrote hi Heather I've had a message for you sitting in my notepad on my phone for several days I know you and I are not quote-unquote friends other than on Facebook and that you and I share completely opposing views on many things after much prayer and contemplation I have decided to move forward in sending you this message Please know that I do so with nothing but the best intentions and much charity in my heart. And this is the message. Hello, Heather. As I begin writing this message to you, I feel it important to let you know that this is my third attempt at doing so. I'm sure it must be odd to hear from me. It must also be understood that much prayer and discernment have come before this message. I cannot know how you will respond or even that you will. I'm not sure you've ever come across my posts on Facebook, so just in case you never do, allow me to tell you a bit about myself. I know you and I only ever met once when you were dating my nephew, and you all made it to Vegas shortly after we moved here. At that time, I was still living a homosexual lifestyle and playing poker for a living. Well, much has changed since then. I have experienced a radical transformation. I have been living a life of chastity for five plus years now. I've been in a chaste friendship with Grace, my previous partner. We have both given our lives to God and attend Mass daily. 
We are in the process of starting an apostolate to assist people in the LGBTQ community who desire to live their lives in accordance with God's word. I tell you all this because I have dedicated the last five plus years of my life to nothing more than getting to know God and growing in my faith. Most people know of God. They do not know him. And yes, I do know him. He has used me as an instrument all my life in some way or another. But it wasn't until I made it a point to avoid sin and with his grace to leave the homosexual lifestyle that he brought me closer to himself and increased my blessings. Quote, when much is given, much is expected. End quote. And that's why I'm reaching out. God put it in my heart to reach out to you. And woe to me if I do not obey my Lord. I would rather face the scorn and ridicule that I have and will continue to have for speaking his truths than face the consequences of falling into the sin of human respect. Although I would love to, to debate you on abortion, it is best to tell you why you've been on my mind so much the last few days. I've shed tears over this and have been praying for you. Heather, if you do not repent of the scandal you have caused with your words advocating for abortion and retract them, I'm afraid your baby may face the consequences of your sin. You are with child and your views on abortion are sinful. It doesn't matter what you've been led to believe about it. What matters is what God says. And abortion is the killing of the most innocent of humanity. God came to us as a child in the womb. The creator of all the universe could have chosen to come to us any way he deemed. He came to us as a baby. You must not allow this culture of death to deceive you into believing the lies they have been peddling for decades about abortion. It is diabolical for a woman to kill her child. That is the work of Satan. Satan hates women because God chose a woman to destroy him. Quote, I will put enmities between thee and the woman and thy seed and her seed. She shall crush thy head and thou shalt lie in wait for her heel. End quote. Heather, you must know how difficult it is to reach out to you like this. Please don't take this lightly. Call me whatever you will, but please consider that what I'm saying could be from God. He speaks to us through others, and we sadly live in a time where we can no longer depend on those closest to us to tell us the truth. They're too afraid of offending us, and we are in such dire need of the truth, capital T. Those who love us tell the truth. Those who tell us what we want to hear love themselves. Believe me, I didn't want to reach out. But God saw to it that I kept seeing your posts that got me so angry that I was shaking. I almost reached out in righteous anger, but he didn't allow me to. It's not about debating you on abortion. It's about you allowing God to change your heart so that you don't have to experience tragedy for that to happen. I care what happens to you and your baby, 
I'd hate to see your baby or any family member have to pay for your sins. To err is human. We've been wrong many times in our life. Consider that you are wrong now. I'll keep praying for you. May God enlighten you. Suzanne. So there it is, folks. There is the judgmental, hateful, unchristian, blah, blah, blah things that all the wrong, only someone who has a darkened intellect, who's been avoiding God and his truths, who avoid people like us, who want to call us names, they will have a problem with that. And you know what? That's okay. Because that was the point of this podcast is to encourage my fellow sojourners to carry our cross, sojourning to heaven with each other, encouraging each other, loving each other enough to tell each other the truth, to not be afraid. God, I really feel, brothers and sisters, I really, really feel that right now, because everything is so manifest and uh, the devil and his minions have, have reared their head, they're showing it. We have a decision to make. We are deciding our destination of either heaven or hell right now. These times. Don't do anything. Don't delay in, in getting to know God even more. Never be complacent and confident that you know enough. We don't. We don't. There's a, I wish I had it. I'd have it. Uh, too bad I don't have it handy. That one about there is nothing more dangerous to uh, our soul, our salvation, than to be content with where we are. In the spiritual life, the doctors teach us. In the spiritual life, you are constantly, always, and forever moving forward or backward. You're never idle. You're not in the spiritual life. And please pick up a book, a copy of the sermons of St. Alphonsus Liguori. That is the type of book that will scare you. And you know what? I think fear is very, very useful because although God calls us, you know, fear of the Lord, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And yes, God wants us to fear him because we love him so much that we fear offending him. Because we love him so much. But you know what? If th That's the filial fear. But if it takes for you to be just afraid of going to hell. If you're afraid of like being seeing demons and going to hell. Then so be it. If that'll keep you from committing a mortal sin. And risk your eternal salvation. Then good. Get scared. Let it start there. That book has scared me straight. I've thought about it many times when I've been tempted to do something or make an excuse for something. Make an excuse as to, to give myself a reason to do something. It's, you know, I, Grace and I had been taking so long to do podcasts because I thought, well, we're not polished enough or we don't have enough experience. You know what? Who cares about all that? We're never going to be polished enough. We're always going to think, oh, I could have said something better. Oh, maybe I should or shouldn't have said that. It doesn't matter. Oh man, so the point of this podcast is to encourage my fellow Catholics out there is to be Catholic, be Catholic, learn your faith, grow deeper. You're never going to get to perfection. That won't happen this side of heaven. 
Don't let your flaws and your struggles stop you from speaking out because you're afraid of being called a hypocrite. Because yeah, you're not where you should be. You could be getting better. And so who are you to tell someone? Believe me, you have you have a duty to. And if someone says, someone calls you out, well, you're a hypocrite. You know what? Yes, I am. You're right. But in this moment of me telling you, it's going to also prompt me to get to, to go to confession. To get on my knees and beg God for the desire to want to give up this habitual sin. Mm-hmm. Don't let fear. We're crippled by fear. Right now is this battle. We have to be deserving. We have to be worthy of constantly asking God and Our Lady for their graces. We have a part to play. We can't just say, God, Our Lady, you fix everything. If we want Our Lady's sucker, if we want her divine aid from heaven, if we want to cling to our rosaries, yes, but... Our rosaries, our our communions, they have a transforming power to them. Mm-hmm. If you're not changing at least little by little, then you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're not growing stronger, at least a little bit day by day, if God, if you don't realize how much God is challenging you, he challenges us daily. And yes, once you accept that relationship with him, he's going to call you to something higher. This wasn't the last time I struggled with this. I, I've, I've, I've had to experience the ridicule from the people I love the most to call me names, to shun me, to turn their backs on me, to lie about me. So what? Blessed be God. We're, we can't expect anything less than what our suffering savior went through. Mm-hmm. We often forget about that. Yes. Right? Jesus said when the sermon on the Mount, when people ridicule you and they revile you and they call you all these things, rejoice for your reward will be great in heaven. We cannot Forget that this life is so fast. It is so fast. There's one thing that's, that is a certainty. We're all going to die. Risk everything for our Lord. Store up your treasure in heaven. Who cares about this life? Do what you need to do to make this life better with the time you have left. Just give it to God. Give him everything. All your other relationships, he will take care of all those other things. Give yourself to God. Make him number one and do it through the intercession of our blessed mother. He is so tired of the indifferences and sacrileges to his mother. People have forgotten. Behold your mother from the cross as he's dying. He gifted her to us. All this, you know what all this is we're experiencing? An anti-Marian movement. Women rejecting their cooperation with God in creating new life. Instead, going to kill these babies for whatever reason. Also, pick up another book that reminds me. It's by Dr. Carrie Gress. The Anti-Mary Exposed. These poor girls have been lost and lied to. It's all there. All the crumbs are there. Just you got to pick up that book. It's a short read. It's quick. It's it's just fascinating. It'll give you insight as to what you're experiencing now with these radical second wave feminists. Um, so that way you were better equipped to engage them and 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 tell them things and and have an insight into the. They don't even know. They won't. You will know more about what they believe than they do and why they believe it. They don't even understand that. They're just a bunch of, you know, lambs being led to the slaughter, just repeating all the same things with their stupid vagina hats or their stupid ketchup outfits. You know, that's all it is. Educate yourself. Go to mass as often as you can. Yes, you could do more. We can always do more. 
There is nothing better for us that will be more meritorious for us on the day of judgment than how many masses we assisted at. And please, I would encourage you, find a traditional Latin mass. The graces there are uncomparable. The reverence. The silence. Every, it's just God-centered. It's just, it is transcendent. It is our Lord. You feel him. It is, it is palpable. His presence. Yeah, just let's, let's do it. Let's be what our Lord called us to be. The salt of the earth and the light of the world. And don't worry about your failings. Give them to God. Want to get better. Don't make excuses for them anymore. But don't let those, your weaknesses keep you from admonishing somebody else. Don't be afraid of them saying, well, what about you? Join with them. Experience that moment of humiliation, the good one together that you both can acknowledge to each other, being vulnerable with your, your, another human being that we're sinful and we are in need of grace and forgiveness. But don't encourage each other to sin anymore. We will have to answer to that and we will be responsible. Also read up on hell. People who encourage other people to sin did you and get other people to do things. Did you know that they torture each other in hell? They are each other's torments for eternity. Learn on hell. Get scared straight. Grace, anything? <laughs> this has been my podcast today, but I just had so much. You did help. Thank you. But anything else you want to close with before we end in prayer? Other than uh, St. Michael prayer, that that's it for me. I mean, it's a wrap. I think... Um... I, I pray so many people listen to this. God's will be done. And so again, God bless you. Let's get comfortable being uncomfortable. Keep sojourning. As Father Novak always encourages us as sojourners, keep sojourning. Encourage your good and holy priests, people. Encourage them, love them, let them know they're doing good. They support them. Support them as much as you can financially with prayers, prayers. everything. Support them. They need to hear it. They need to hear it. We're here. We need each other. Offer your Holy Communion for them instead of criticizing them. Yeah, give them, give them, let them know sometimes what you think and how you feel. But most of all, pray, pray, pray for them. They need it right now more than anyone. They really do. Amen. And with that, we will close with a St. Michael prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancte Miquel Arcangele, defendenos in prelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli esto presidium, imperatili Deus, supplices te precamur, tuque princeps melitia celestis, satanam maliosque spiritus malignos, quiat perditione manimarum pervagantur in mundo, divina virtute, in infernum, detrude. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.